0: Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. This is Stellar Woman in eDiscovery, a campaign we recently launched that encourages those in the eDiscovery community to highlight standout professionals in the legal field. These are women who push boundaries, champion innovations, and pay it forward. Ultimately, they are women who inspire. I'm Mary Rectoris, part of Relativity's community and customer advocacy team, and I'm delighted to be joined by one of our nominees, Joy Morau. Joy, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, I'm honored to be here.
0: Excited to have you here. So to start us off, Joy, what drew you to the e-discovery field, and what do you love about your work?
1: Well, like some of us in the audience, um, I started my litigation support back well before e-discovery was a field. So my career actually began in 1994 at Melvin Myers. So I don't say I was drawn to it. I kind of tripped over it in 1999. Um, I remember printing a lot of Excel files. Um, This is way before the production delivery of electronic files. Um, we were still blowing back endless, endless reams of paper. So I think what has drawn me and kept me to e-discovery and e-discovery and practice support is my love of solving problems and helping people. So you'll notice that there are a lot of folks inside and outside of um, law firms that are that struggle with technology. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be that liaison or, or facilitator um, that's bridging, bridging the gap between legal and technology.
0: My dad's um, a lawyer and he certainly so struggles. <laughs> So <laughs> well, he, um, he definitely, he definitely what he does. Um, so, you know,
1: eDiscovery created this demand for that specialized legal team, which we now call practice support, or some, some firms still call it litigation support. Mm-hmm. So I was really fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. Um, early on, I was part of a five-person team at Latham, and this is back in 1999. So I ended up managing and developing that team for about 13 years. Uh, we called our group Technology and Practice. We really wanted people to contour technology to the way they practice versus mm-hmm. practice to the technology because we found that adoption obviously was longer and more sustaining if they kind of integrated the technology uh, to the practice. But um, we, within that 13 years, we grew to be an international team of about 52 people. So to me, um, that was a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was very fortunate to be part of a growing um, firm. They had a, a growing global footprint. So. Some of the work that we encountered was very, very groundbreaking at the time. Awesome. Um, so I'm actually, yeah, So I was just going to say that doing all that, I was just very lucky to have the team we had, and um, we brought together people from varied backgrounds, and uh, we really focused on education and mm-hmm. technology and service to our clients, so it's everything I love doing, and so
0: I guess that's what's kept me in it and drawn to it. Great. Thanks for sharing, Joy. So we had numerous folks nominate Joy for her contributions to the field. And I would like to take a minute or so to share some of these thoughts. So Joy is a champion for women. She hosts empowering women workshops. I've been to them all and they always have intriguing discussion. Joy keeps her ears open and makes introductions to help employers and potential employees make a connection. Another colleague said, throughout her career, Joy has relentlessly sought to help and improve the people, processes, and industries that make up our market. Selflessly, she continues to create some of the industry's best professionals. So Joy, I'm really excited to dig a little deeper into these. So to kind of start us off, can you tell listeners what prompted you to start your own company, Practice Aligned Resources?
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for the plug, by
0: the way. <laughs> um, <but laughs> For me,
1: at some point in your career, if you're—I just when I talk to people, if you're lucky, um, you do get a chance to take a step back and assess your situation and pick your next path. Mm -hmm. Um, I realize for me that I love working with lawyers, and I know some people will by real back and horror that I actually love the (laughs) projects that we work on, Um, and I love the technology and teaching and developing people. So. When I had this opportunity to take a step back, I realized that I can do what I love and actually have it on a broader scale. Um, Instead of going to one firm, another firm, I can kind of pull it back and and help service other areas like government and corporate legal departments and small and what I call small bigs, big law partners who have left. So to me, I just felt like starting my own business, I could do what I've always been doing, um, but truly make a difference. So that's what kind of has started me on my path of of starting my own company.
0: What's been the biggest surprise about running your own business?
1: Um, When I first thought about this question, I thought um, that you don't sleep, but (laughs) (laughs) um, but the more I thought about it, uh, what truly has surprised me uh, is really the encouragement and support that I've received um, after starting my own company. Um, And this is not just from friends and and business colleagues, but actually other entrepreneurs and other people that I didn't even know before I started. So I'm just really proud of being a part of our community and um, our industry, and just really trying to help blend legal technology and education. So just that surprised me. It's just the Mm -hmm. open reception I've received as part of this business.
0: How did you network with other entrepreneurs um, or kind of build connections with people starting their own businesses?
1: Uh, for me, it was definitely joining um, different chambers mm-hmm. and, and that's why I would say it's people actually outside of, of our industry, even other entrepreneurs and other industry groups uh, there are a lot of uh, different um, groups out there that help you become an entrepreneur and that's why I kind of found um, those resources and I felt I feel very lucky uh, to have these people in my life that life that um, can help give me feedback um, some of these people this is what they do, right? They, mm-hmm. They've been entrepreneurs. Or they, um, they've they sold multiple businesses, and they've been very generous with their um, advice and support. So to me, different organizations, there's lots of resources out there uh, for new entrepreneurs and small businesses. So I just encourage everyone to to research that and um, figure out if starting your own company is for you. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I just say I don't think so.
0: <laughs> don't make the decision in one day. <laughs> Awesome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so in addition to founding your own company, you also have a busy schedule. You're an instructor for UCLA Extension, which is UCLA's continuing education division. And you're also the regional Southwest director for Women in Discovery. So I suppose my question here, Joy, is twofold. What energizes you, and what do you do to relax? Hmm. Um,
1: what energizes me? So people, I know people and purpose energize me. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I don't have any problem waking up early or or even staying up late and working late um, if I'm doing something I love. So with my company, PAR, I I do know that I built that with purpose, and so that kind of keeps me going. That that truly energizes me, and you can ask my team. (laughs) They're kind of amazed, um, uh, because I do think that I want to help and share what we've learned and what we do with others, and I know, again, when you talk about people struggling, with integrating technology or even trying to navigate the vast world that we call you know, all the litigation service providers and all the technology options, I really do find that um, I enjoy helping people just understand uh, kind of the, where we are in all that. So I guess purpose and then the people energize me.
0: Awesome. And what do you do to wind down?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. You
0: see how I try to avoid that question? Um,
1: <laughs> I could tell you what I used to do uh, to relax when I had personal time and vacation time. Um, but I'm finding that punching in and out, and like, there is no time clock now, it's harder for me to define you know, that kind of time. Um, so I think for me now, just stealing away for a few hours. Um, I love to cook for my friends or go out to dinner um, with them. But uh, either way, food and friends are definitely involved with my relaxing time. And, um, People ask that, always ask me, you know, are your friends in the e-discovery industry? That'd be no, they're not <laughs> in the e-discovery industry. Um, but if you do ask them, I think they will tell you that I still try to solve their problems and I talk about technology. <laughs>
0: <Wow>. <laughs> so energizing and relaxing. So kind of coming off yeah, of the so. um that you like to, you know, mentor and educate. Can you tell us about a mentor you've had who've, who has inspired you?
1: Yeah, actually, um, and I've said this before on another podcast, and I and I hope she hears, uh, she, I hope she's heard this, um, because I do attribute my uh, development and my career uh, to one of my early mentors, uh, Joni Bernars. Uh, she was my manager at O'Melveny, and she ultimately also was my manager uh, when I worked in house at the in house legal department for Atlantic Richfield, Arco. Um, this is before being acquired them. But um, Joni was very generous in sharing her knowledge of litigation support. She was also in it um, at the time that she managed me for probably um, 15 to 20 years. So she really understood, and this is uh, probably paper world, uh, she really understood that whole whole, um, back office of of running coding shops. And um, again, this is discovery before electronic um, Mm -hmm. discovery came around. So those early years of paper, uh, and technology, because the scanning department had you know, Bell and howls and all that kind of stuff. So understanding that gave me a solid foundation, which eventually, as we migrated or transitioned to the electronic world, um, knowing all that, where we came from, was very helpful in designing a new education uh, programs, transition out of paper. But also, what we do today is very similar to what we used to do in paper, but electronic, obviously. So I'd say my early mentors is Joni
0: What's your take on the role of mentorship today for young professionals? How do you view it in the larger scheme? Um,
1: yeah, I view early, I view mentorship um, for the young professionals. Um, I think it's very, very important. Um, the reason why I say this, I was I, again when I talk about being fortunate. I've been very fortunate um, in receiving mentorship early
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in sorry, 1984, Nineteen eighty four. like 1984, mm-hmm. 1984, um when I was. Um, I was actually selected for a program that we would probably call what we would call STEM now. Um, but I was part of the Bell Labs Summer Internship Program um, in New Jersey. So at 14 I learned how to code and see, and I was actually stationed within one of the RD departments. So to see the, the inner workings of a company and how they researched and developed, you know, new things um, gave me a great insight, I think, and actually you can see. That, that thread of Bell Labs uh, come throughout my whole career, strength throughout my whole career. So um, I believe that mentoring can help shape and develop uh, the young professional, whether it's male or female, um, mm-hmm. to be better prepared for that road ahead. And so I do think that the mentoring helps expose them to the skills that they're going to need going forward and, again, sets that tone uh, to pay it forward when they, they get through their path.
0: Definitely, and I know this is a great segue, but I know one of your nominations said um, spoke about your empowering women workshops. So, could you walk us through what those look like and what inspired you to establish those?
1: Yeah. um, So, for me, again, when you you, if you work with me, you'll know that I'm always trying to solve problems, (laughs) and um, I love talking to people. And I saw this common theme amongst my female friends, and uh, we shared this common theme of meeting more confidence or wanting to learn more about how to take control of your career or whatever those that was at mm-hmm. the time. And so I thought, you know, why aren't, why don't I just bring together um, these workshops? So it's every quarter, and we do call it the Empowering Women Workshops, and it focuses not on like topics like e-discovery or um, cybersecurity or any of that. But more about the individual, the person themselves, and their career, and how they, I mean, in regards to how they can um, manage their own career. So, some of the topics we had early on was an education on power and politics in the workplace, for example, Ooh, interesting. how that all plays. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, kind of growing or, or um, uh, building upon the concept of the lean in, right? We are all leaning in, mm-hmm. but knowing more about. Power in politics, and then the second one, a part of that, we actually had someone who um, spoke on improvisation. Um, one of the speakers uh, taught improvisation, so we sprinkled in a few of that, a little, a few minutes of that, and it was kind of funny because right after that session, can we have more of improv <laughs> and, and acting? You know, and I thought, is this because we're in LA? But um, but then we uh, actually, I wasn't sure, but we did hire a professional improv. Um, actress, and that was more about like the power of yes,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: actually the power of yes and. Um, and so this person who, she's from Second City, really taught us and used, we, we played these little games about um, how to um, use improv techniques and how to just, um, you know, leverage that in your personal, but also your work life, right? How to, to use yes and instead of no, right? Or how to be open instead of being closed off. Um, and the last one we just did, because it's the beginning of the year, it was about managing your own career, um, looking at your skills and strengths as an individual and how that plays out on what you want to do. So, to me, those empowering workshops um, are not about e discovery mm-hmm. and outward, but more about the person and the individual.
0: And how long that have you sense. been doing those, Joy?
1: Um, I did it when I first started my business, so it started. In, actually, let me take a step back. It started when I first opened my office here in downtown LA. So I would say that was the beginning of two thousand seventeen was our first one. So we've had four. It's every quarter. We had four two thousand seventeen, and then we just had one now. So I think it's five sessions.
0: And the improv was a very popular one, as you mentioned. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Great. <laughs> we moved all the furniture. We moved all the furniture in the office and just had this open space. And so it was a great in um, safe space to, to go through those exercises. Um, kind of scary to, I think, to be an actress or, or you know, working in that setting. So it's kind yeah, of cool.
0: Put yourself out there in front of, you know, your colleagues or peers. <laughs> seems a little, seems awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely writing that down as <laughs> a potential team building idea. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll send you
1: Yeah, I'll send you an uh, an invite when you come to L.A. for the Relativity User Group. uh, We'll try and make that happen.
0: That sounds great. So, Joy, another one of your colleagues said I want to share their nomination. Joy embraces technology new and old. She finds innovative solutions for her clients and considers them a true partner. Her ability to understand the client's needs and provide the correct resource, whether it be human, technical, or a combination of the two, is amazing. So, Joy, what do you find makes for a successful partnership when you work with new clients? Um, well, like
1: I mentioned earlier about moving the furniture uh, mm-hmm. in, that, in that one in time session, um, is I, I try to create a, a collaborative and, and safe environment for my clients. And mm-hmm. it could be physically like a room. But it's also how I approach them when I'm when I'm meeting with them. I try and get a good sense of their personality. Um, you know, do they like to listen? Do they like to talk? Right. I, I try to make sure that I'm working with them and creating that collaborative environment first. Um, and then I always try to focus. My first thing is focusing on the end. Right. The last thing. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to deliver or achieve? Because I tend to find that when people are working through problems and they jump right into what they've done so far, they kind of lose sight of the end goal. Mm -hmm. And I like to try and start with, let's start with what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to deliver? Like, what is your job? Whoever my client is, what are you trying to do? And then I'll kind of work backwards that from there. And then I don't know why, but my mind always thinks in options Mm -hmm. and, um, it was It's almost like a plan A, plan B, plan C. So as you start talking to me, I'm getting a sense of who you are and I start to, to think of solutions and I've, I've noticed that my solutions have always been low tech, medium tech, and high tech. Like in my mind as you're talking, I'm already devising like, oh, this person might like this and they'll like that. And I'm starting to get a good sense of your level of comfort with technology. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, at the end of that conversation, we do need to balance that iron triangle of time, cost, and quality, which we all try and str- we all struggle with and, and need to balance. But I also throw in I need to add into that equation the client themselves, right? Their comfort level. Mm-hmm. How are they? Um, what are some of their concerns in regards to to conveying or getting that approval from their client? Maybe right. So what are what are some things that may hold them back from adopting my plan? So I do try to give them options so that. They're more comfortable with it.
0: And is this something you've learned just from your experience working with numerous clients? Um, is this advice mm-hmm. you've gotten how did you kind of form this plan when working with new clients or figure out what was successful?
1: Yeah I think first it's just my natural um, personality mm-hmm. of trying to um, be a negotiator all the time, right? Um, I always believe and I hate this saying, but there's always more well, there's always more than one way to skin that cat. <laughs> right. And so if I'm not personally uh, married to any specific idea, which usually I'm not. I just I'm, I'm married to the concept of finishing the project. And I'm also married to the idea that my client should be happy. Right. So I need to reach the end goal and my client needs to be happy. So where are they in that formula? And how can I leverage technology? Because, again, I mentioned that Bell Labs and learning programming at that early age. And I think being part of that R&D group helped me understand the power of programming and technology, that things are possible. You just have to figure out what you're trying to do and use the right tool. I always use an example for people like, you know, a butter knife can be a screwdriver, right? I've had to unscrew a screw before (laughs) with a butter knife, and at the time, it got the job done, right? Mm -hmm. But if I have 60 to do, that butter knife may not be the tool. And if I only have two minutes to do 60 screws, I may need the electric drill, right? Or whatever, the power screwdriver. So you'll see that, to me, what is the problem we're trying to solve? What are we, How much time do we have, right? What tools do we have available? Or what, what, what do I want to use? So I think it's something that's always been in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not you know, it's something I've developed through time. Um, and I try to help Train others to, I almost, it's, I guess it's a part of troubleshooting, right? Mm-hmm. Identifying the core components and, and figuring out um, where the problem may be. So I just try and teach others how to, to dissect that situation or that problem and help them identify, you know, here are the building blocks of these incremental um, options or, or successes that can happen that ultimately, ultimately lead to the end product.
0: Definitely. Well, Joy, that's all the time we've got for today. I really appreciate you being here.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me. And again, thank you to everyone um, that submitted me, and, and I'm honored to, to be a part of this. So thank you.
0: Of course. And once again, I'm Mary Rectoris. This is Stellar Woman in eDiscovery. And listeners, thanks for joining us.